Hey everybody! Uh, Hello. W- welcome, welcome to this a special episode of the G Club. Um, so special. This is Dan and I. Uh, you might know Dan from Game Grumps, Ninja Sex Party, Star Bomb. Looking weirdly into your house from the basement window. That was you. It's not important. Welcome to the G Club. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Shin Godzilla. Yeah, th- this is uh, kind of unplanned. We, um, uh, a fan recommended that we do this because it was something that we were both passionate about. And Aaron and I, this is the first time we've ever been in the office with nothing to do for an hour. <laughs> ever. Yeah. So uh, we were like, let's do it. Let's uh, let's talk about Shin Godzilla, which absolutely was my favorite movie I've seen in a couple of years. Oh, wow. Yeah. In a couple of years. A- ain't that something? What did it replace? Um... Shit. <laughs> I can't honestly remember. I know I love Pacific Rim a lot, like oh, seeing yeah. that and, and Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one was like, whoa. Oh, Guardians is great. Yep. Um, but but there was something about I think just because I loved Godzilla as a kid growing up. Yeah, it definitely has that sort of like back to basics feel to it. It's very just like it's about a monster who destroys a city and how the city deals with the monster destroying the city. Yeah. So I kind of feel conflicted because I want to just talk about this movie in super detail, but at the same time, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it because you, you were very careful to not give me any spoilers, which I was grateful for. Cause when, when you see, when you see the movie, there are a couple of like, holy shit yeah, moments, yeah. you know, and, and you kind of held back on that. So should we just put a disclaimer here? Like go see the movie now and then, then Listen to this. Yeah, it's available on Blu-ray right now. Is it really? Um, yeah, if you want to go grab it, uh, Funimation, I think, put it out. Uh, I don't think it's a dub. I think it's a sub. But it's out. You can watch it. Um, don't pirate it, please. Um, I sure didn't. <laughs> well, it took a long time to get here. Yeah, exactly. It was. It, I We had to wait over a year. Well, I watched it on a plane. That's how I saw it. That's and it was still good, huh? Yeah, like, no, even I, it, on a tiny screen. Like well, that? it was great because I had full control. There was there was two parts that I rewound because I wanted to see them again. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, um, okay, so let's let's just put out the disclaimer right now. There's going to be many spoilers in this, so let's. Uh, which will sincerely ruin your experience. Yeah, so seriously, if you've never seen it. If you want to see it, watch it now and then listen to this because. Uh, You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did it in that order. Yeah. Um, okay, and now let the spoilers begin. Godzilla dies. No, that's not. Well, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that's not really true. Um, it, but God, I think the I think the biggest spoiler that you kept from me was that Godzilla changes forms yeah. m- multiple times in this movie. Yeah, he evolves. Um, yeah, the, which I guess is the idea behind. Well, so okay. To, to preface this movie well the original Godzilla was about nuclear aggression it was about the atomic bombs hitting Japan yep the um, the original came out in 1954 which I guess was nine years after Hiroshima bombing yeah yeah um so this movie in the same vein is about the tsunami um and specifically the tsunami effort and the the destruction of the nuclear plant which like poisoned a lot of Japan. Um, so that's sort of the, the basis for what Godzilla is. 
He's this fucking nuclear creature who is like a natural disaster, and it's a commentary on how Japan dealt with it and how they deal with things, terrible things in general. Yeah, um, there's a lot of moments where Godzilla... Godzilla doesn't seem to be um, an evil force himself. It's just it's just the same as a force of nature, like violence, yeah. you know, um, which is how they described... Uh, did you ever see No Country for Old Men? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, oh God, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays... Uh, Javier Bardem. That's him, yes. Yeah. The guy who plays uh, Anton Chigurh. Uh, that is, he's a soulless evil killer, but he's not really evil. He has his principles in a weird way. He just is completely non-human in a way. And Javier Bardem said in preparing for that role that it was the first acting role where he didn't research where the character came from or think about what his family life was like. He was like, this guy is just a force of nature moving violently across the world. And that's kind of what Godzilla is in this. And uh, it's the people uh, of Japan and and America too and their reactions to him that sort of give it a personification. But um, as Godzilla's moving through and destroying all these things, instead of taking quick, decisive action uh, against him, you just see these endless boardroom meetings and bureaucratic red tape and it's it's kind of almost like an exercise in how not to solve a problem yeah correctly yeah exactly and then you have this one sort of uh young scrappy kid who's like you know uh, we need to because he's he he was the one who was always one step or two steps ahead of everyone else in the room he's like i think this is a creature i think this is coming and he's gonna blah 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 and everyone's like a creature bah and then he shows up, and they're like, okay, he's a creature. And yeah. He's like, I think he's dangerous, and he's going to go to this. They're like, ah, you know. Um, and so I guess I guess that's sort of, he represents common sense, I guess. Yeah, or individualism. Yeah, you individualism. Know, the, the understanding that I know what's in my heart to be true, mm. and I have to convince these people who don't want to see the truth, you know, are, are taking an active role in avoiding what's clearly in front of everyone's face. Yes, agreed. And yeah, it was. It's it's an amazing movie. Um, the Godzilla Godzilla himself is a mixture of CGI and puppets. Oh yeah, um, super cool too. Yeah, it, it, like his movements are kind of janky and weird. And I love how he's got the tiny hands. He does have tiny hands. <laughs> oh yeah, in his final form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or quote unquote final form. Well, he's got like flippers in his first form. Yeah, like these little nubs. Well, the 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 very first form is just the tail. The like the tail by itself is what comes out of the water and destroys that boat. And then the second form is the one you're talking about, the floppy baby Godzilla. Just the tail. Did they show that in in full? Uh or was it just like coming out of the water? It just it just comes out of the water. Um I geez, it's been a little while since I've seen the movie now, but I, I think I think in the toys they they show it's just a tail on a pedestal and like this is the first form it's like a big it just looks like a snake or a worm kind of thing huh. um, but the tail develops before the rest of Godzilla does which is part of the reason why it plays a big role later um, so 
Godzilla in this movie, the idea is that he is evolving at an incredibly fast rate based on every time he comes on land and starts fucking up Japan, um, he gets hit with something new that uh, the humans are throwing at him. So he retreats back into the water and then evolves a new system to combat that. Mm. Um, so there's one time, like the first time he comes on shore, he's bleeding from the gills. Like he can't breathe properly. Mm. Um, so when he comes back, suddenly he's walking on two legs so he can move. Uh, I think he does that while he's out. Oh, that's right. That's right. He just like sort of starts standing up. And yeah, you like, actually oh, see it. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but but his gills uh, leave, I think, and it it turns into lungs. Um, and uh, yeah, the, then they uh, like nothing. Nothing can hurt him. You know, they're shooting at him, and it's not having enough, any effect. And then they drop bombs on him, and. Uh, that hurts him. Yeah. That he starts bleeding. So the the next time he comes out, he's developed the ability not only to breathe fire, but to also shoot these fucking rad purple lasers from his spikes. <laughs> and and they shoot in every direction up into the air and those blow uh bombs that are being dropped on him out of the sky. So what do you think is the is the purpose for his evolutionary system? Like what do you think that's like a metaphor? of or something it's a good question i mean you you could look at it as like you could take the uh the bummer view of it and just be like death is coming for you you know mm. like we we try to um as people we try to immerse ourselves in technologies and everything to extend life and um take all these safety precautions and things like that but you know life is a cycle and death is a natural part of that cycle and you can't escape it. So you have to, uh, accept it. And, and I think that might be part of it. And the other is just that, um, you know, I, the, the, the thing I would have taken away from it more is just that the, the challenges in your, in, in anyone's life are always evolving, you know? Mm. And the, and the thought that you can, you can change yourself for the better to combat it, but you have to be realistic in the fact that life will keep throwing challenges at you. Mm. Um, and it'll always be one step ahead because the stuff the stuff we see and tend to freak out about is never usually the way it goes down. You know, we're always blindsided by something that we didn't see coming out of out of anywhere. So I, I think that's partially what that movie is about as well. Um, right up until the very last frame, which I guess we'll get to a little bit later. Did, mm. you, did you have a similar take? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. It, it was, it was more that it was scary to me. The idea that, um, there are all these people that are sort of in charge of doing all these important things for us. And we don't really have, it, it's sort of hard to crack that, egg you know like or, or get through that uh that line of defense that they have around themselves you know in the sense of like there's this thing and these people are responsible for dealing with it but they don't really know how or they're scared or they're egotistical or whatever um and and 
so it's sort of like it's sort of like nature proving to us like no this shit's gonna happen and here it comes and just deal with it all right yeah um that's an excellent point everyone's on the same page here uh we all don't want to die please um that's sort of what i took from it and then um you know as as he as he evolves it's it's exactly that it's like he's changing so fast that it's it's faster than these these people's bureaucracy can keep up with you know it's just like because that that's that's they, they start like a godzilla coalition team right where it's like all right just get all these fucking scientists and stuff in one room and it's let's just figure it out um and i feel like that's where the gears finally start moving uh for for humans yeah i mean it, it's the the nature thing is a big a big part of it you know the the idea that we are through our own behavior wrecking the planet mm-hmm. um and making decisions on a worldwide scale um that are irreparably harming and changing the only place we have to live you know yeah. uh which is so short-sighted and and self-defeating and so godzilla is sort of um yeah, that's that's a very interesting point because the, with the original 1954 Godzilla, he was a symbol of the aggression of the Western world, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but in this one, it's different because the U.S. is working with Japan yeah. to to fight Godzilla. So th- this one felt more just like man versus the byproducts of his own making. Yeah, you know, and uh, and and that byproduct is incredibly powerful was there was there a direct explanation for his creation you know so kind of like offshore i got i got confused by that because there's there's a plot i i should go back and watch it again um but there's there's a scientist who you know they're tracing his work he's gone missing um and they remember that at the beginning they go out to the boat uh, and they find his shoes, but they, they don't, he's nowhere to be found. Mm. Um, and it has something to do with, you know, nuclear situations. And so either what, what I thought that meant was because I think that's a, f- a famous, um, uh, method of suicide to, to jump off a boat, but leave your shoes behind, mm. you know? Um, so I thought he knew that Godzilla was coming and no one would listen to him. So he was like, I'm just going to end my life before this tragedy happens, you know, because um, I can't bear to see it. But I was reading online, there are thoughts also that he himself is Godzilla. Like, he is the scientist, and for through some set of circumstances, you know, the reason they never find him, and then Godzilla immediately attacks for the first time after that, is that he um, became this creature uh, hmm. through nuclear um, whatever the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I didn't get that. But that's also, you know, some things are lost in translation, and um, it's almost not as important as you know. We are we are fucking with the earth, and the earth regurgitates this monster that suddenly we have no idea what to do with. Mm. Um, yeah, it, 
an amazing movie, an amazing movie. And it's amazing that, um, it's amazing that it's the same movie series as the seventies Godzilla's where, you know, he has a kid who talks and he's like, Hey, I can't make, I can only make the fire rings. I can't shoot fire. (laughs) It's, it's so weird. Um, how it started off as a franchise so dark and then became so doofy and fun and has come full circle now and is back to very dark. Like, yeah. This Godzilla is scary. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's sort of a movie that people need, you know, um, because I, I wonder I wonder how many people would say that aside from being a terrifying movie, you know, now it's a little dated, but aside from being a terrifying movie, the original Godzilla, um, like how almost sort of it put into perspective certain things or like was almost healing for people. Um, cause you know, our art that's sort of metaphorical of something that's happening in real life is, is typically like you can look at it from a different angle or, or, you know, it, it sort of put things into perspective or whatever and, and sort of lets you deal with it in a, in, in a positive way. Um, so I wonder how many people would say that about the original Godzilla and how many people, who had to deal with the tsunami effort would say about this Godzilla. I think that's fair. I mean, you know, Godzilla, even though he was originally supposed to be this monster that symbolizes the Western world, he became adopted by Japan as one of their national beloved symbols, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's when the character of that monster sort of turned into a defender of Japan mm. against outside threats instead of um, an antagonist. But it's hard to know. I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but I know as someone who lived in New Jersey all of his young life, and then I was in New Jersey when 9-11 happened, so a couple of miles away, and I could see the smoke and everything. Not not to say that I experienced that to any greater degree than anyone else. It was unbelievably horrible. But when when it's something just man versus man, there's there's such a sense of um, emptiness to it in a weird way. Like I can't believe we're doing this to ourselves. You know, I can't I can't believe that we are the monsters. You mm-hmm. know. Um, then when Cloverfield came out, uh, and that movie has a lot of 9-11 imagery in it, you know, and it's it's a, it's this creature, an animal. I love that movie too, just going crazy in New York and destroying it. Um, that was something that, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It was comforting in a weird way mm-hmm. to, to, to be like, okay, this horror has a face at least, you know, and... Um, I'm familiar with what this destruction looks like, but somehow making it, giving it a creative spin by by having this creature attached to it makes it more interesting and more um, easy to deal with somehow, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I can't exactly explain why, but I'm sure that's what happened with these Godzilla movies and... Um, the people who actually went through uh, those traumas. Yeah. Well, what's interesting to me about the, particularly Shin Godzilla, is that in in Japan it was critically um, 
it, it was it, everybody loved it. Like, right. It was it was it did very well in the theaters. Um, it was cr- critically renowned, but in America, um, it had a very limited release, and it was sort of critically like meh. Like people didn't Is that really right? get it. Yeah, because it, it, I don't feel like. And and what struck me so hard about it too was when I saw this film, I was on a plane from Japan back to America. Um, and on that trip, I met more people who lived there than I did on any other trip. And I went to their offices, some people. Um, I talked to them about the government, about... I have a friend that works for the government, so he was telling me about how the bureaucracy works there and how his job stability and how people don't listen to him. And so it was, it was interesting to see a film that was sort of about that. And it was like, Oh, at least I have some context for what they're sort of getting at here because to us, it just seems like a bunch of weirdos and acting frustratingly. But to some people who might live there, it's like, Oh, this is what I have to deal with every day. Yeah, I I wonder if I would have enjoyed it as much had I not had you not taken me to Japan that one time mm. and and seeing what it's like over there because you know, individualism is celebrated in America yeah. in a way that it is not in Japan. Um what's that saying over there? Oh, the the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that that would not catch on as a phrase around yeah. here. Um but that that concept is pervasive through the movie um this one guy is willing to stand up against uh the agreements of everyone else mm-hmm. and uh he's ostracized for it and ignored um meanwhile the prime minister and his board of directors making all these decisions get fucking fried in one second of mm-hmm. the movie they you know they're their main characters, and then as they're as Godzilla hits the city, they get in an, a helicopter to go to safety, and um, one of Godzilla's errant laser breath beams just vaporizes them immediately. And suddenly, this one guy who is standing up against all of that and trying to uh, speak out is the only one left standing. Yeah, you know, it, it's it. That's what it takes to break that um very traditional model over there Mm -hmm. um so that that was that was very interesting too um just to see just to see what it is required to shake that shell uh and it really has to be a life or death matter yeah and it seems like it matters a lot too um i was reading a book somewhat recently called uh God, I, I hope I don't butcher this name. It's um, where the dead pause and the Japanese say goodbye. I think is what it's called. Well, um, it, it's about the tsunami effort. Uh, it's about this this Japanese American reporter who or journalist who went to Japan and has roots in Japan, um, and wanted to be a part of the tsunami effort because she had family and ties there, um, and so she's going from from town to town and temple to temple, sort of just chronicling what they're doing to deal with it and and it's the effort was surprisingly well maybe not surprisingly but the the effort was very um everyone 
just immediately started like rebuilding and like cleaning up and getting everything going and some places didn't but the places that had good communities were like they were very tight-knit and together so it is interesting to, to to see that take on it and um to to see the, the the sort of government angle of it where they're just kind of shitty and not figuring anything out so it's like they're they're, they're it seems like as a people they really do want to um, make the best of the situation and respond with diligence. Um, but there's so much bullshit that I think is supported by almost the nationalism that keeps them together um, that sort of stands in the way of that a little bit. Um, so it's like this weird duality of like, well, we're very proud people, uh, so we want to you know, build each other up because we're all in this together, but at the same time, the government that we've built on that backbone is very inhibiting to us building each other up and sticking together. Yeah, and that's a very human thing, whether it's a group of people or, or an individual, you mm. know? We all tend to be our own worst enemies, you know? And and a lot of the time, <clears throat> a lot of the times that, rather a lot of the things that our greatest strengths in other circumstances also become our greatest weaknesses mm -hmm. uh, as people. And it, that's, that's kind of what I loved about this movie among many other things. Just the, it really makes you want to think and, and talk about it afterwards. Yeah. You know, I, I'm so glad you saw it first because after it was over, I needed to, have someone I could run to and say like, oh, this, 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 yeah. this. You know, it's it's a powerful film. And I think, well, should we talk about the ending? Um, Sure. I mean, whatever you want to talk about. Cool. So Godzilla, you know, this movie happens kind of in waves. Uh, of him like going in and out. Yeah, Godzilla yeah. goes into the water comes back out, fucks shit up, he's different, goes back into the water, comes out, fucks shit up. And the humans have a window uh, where Godzilla is still in an early form, kind of a middle form, and he's still vulnerable to missile attacks from a plane, and they have their helicopters surrounding him, mm -hmm. and all they need to do is fire those missiles and they'll kill him. And... What happens? Is there a guy who like runs across? I think there's like almost like an animal rights person that shows up. Yeah, it's like you can't kill it because it's a living creature, and it has rights too, or something like Either that. Either that, or there's just there's a really heavy-handed. Yeah, or there's or there's some uh, uh, maybe civilian who just like runs into the the path, and the prime minister. Oh yeah, there's like a person on a bike or something. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, we can't kill that person. We in, in this strike. Um, so Godzilla gets away and by the time he comes back the second the next time he's developed a a, a missile proof skin essentially and they can't kill him that way anymore. So in saving that one person um they they, they yeah they they missed their window and they doom hundreds of thousands of people and people fucking die in this movie. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't dwell on it too much but it, it it kind of does just the right amount. Uh, you'll see a family, 
Godzilla is ravaging the city and you'll see one family in one building, uh, you know, buttoning up their kids coats and they're, they're like, we have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. And then suddenly the building collapses and that's just one of 12 buildings that Godzilla levels in, uh, in that one scene. So it, it, without, without gore and without, um, massive blood scenes or anything like that it really it 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 brings home the the carnage you know Mm -hmm. really well uh and you're 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 kind of torn because on one hand part of your brain is thinking this is terrible you know like these poor people and on the other hand you're thinking fuck godzilla's cool (laughs) you know I, i mean when he breathes fire now a really cool thing they had was like jaw and hinges. Yeah, his jaw and hinges to create like a more fire and just look scary. He has a second eyelid that covers his eyes to protect from the brightness of the yeah. the fire. It, it's it's very well thought out. He really feels more like a living animal. Yeah, like a creature. Yeah. Um then all you can see a lot of thought went into if this was a living thing that was this huge. Uh-huh. How would it move how would it live how would it survive and uh i mean there, there there are certain parts where he's hardly moving at all he moves really slowly yeah. but he's just so big and dangerous that he's crushing an entire country yeah well he doesn't really like he, he never everything he does is always like reactionary like he just shows up and starts walking and like because he's walking he's just like destroying shit right but he never like blows his fire or something until they start attacking him, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, he's he's not an evil creature. Yeah. Um, but man, uh, the imagery of him is incredible. I mean, Hideki Anno, the director, was like the perfect fit for this film. He did um, the Attack on Titan movie, which just so good at scale. Like it's the first time in a film where I actually felt like. That's how big he is. That's what it would look like yeah. if he was actually there. Like he, it has that sort of like because he's so tall, he sort of fades into the into the sky a little bit, and um, just an amazing sense of fucking depth to his 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 size. He's the biggest Godzilla of all the Godzillas. Yeah, yeah, by uh, far. Yeah, which which makes sense because Tokyo's gotten so large. Like, a, was Tokyo Tower built in the original Godzilla? In the 50s? I yeah. don't think so. Because that, that was the tallest structure for a long time in mm. Tokyo. And now that's, like, pathetic. Right. Compared to what Tokyo is now. Um, I think the Sky Tree now is the tallest thing. And uh, I don't remember where I was going with that, but... Just the scale and yeah. the hugeness. Because I didn't know... When I, when I first heard that he was the tallest Godzilla ever, I was like, well, that's sort of an interesting... Because he's he's so huge that it's just kind of like oh he's decimating through. There's no like it's not gonna matter. Yeah, like in Pacific Rim, it's like there's still skyscrapers that are bigger than they are. Right. So it's sort of interesting when they go in the city and start fighting in the city, like visually at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they it was just kind of like oh it was just an illustration of how like he doesn't give a shit. He just walks through the city. Right. Who cares? And, and you hated the 2014 American Godzilla. Is that correct? Now I don't like it very much. When right. I saw it, I I thought 
there were parts of it that were awesome. Um, I thought all the Godzilla scenes were awesome. Yeah, same. And you can go on YouTube and watch like the eight minute clip of like every Godzilla scene. But when I did that recently, it didn't feel as awesome anymore because I think the buildup sort of does do it a lot of service because you're like really waiting to see Godzilla Mm -hmm. do his shit. But I also think that sort of, that sort of makes the movie a little shittier too because I do remember having that thought as I was watching it, the 2014 Godzilla, that like, when's Godzilla going to show up? You know, like when, when am I going to see him blow shit up? But I never really had that thought for Shin Godzilla because I was sort of interested in what was happening. I mean, that's really what it is. And, the, the, and how people were dealing with it. Godzilla 2014, and spoiler alert for this Godzilla movie too, um, Godzilla 2014's B story, which is the people involved, yeah. which actually was more of the A story because it was so dominant on yeah. screen, uh, is boring. Yeah, it's it's not an interesting story, and the the acting is wooden and uninteresting. The the movie starts off very interesting because Brian Cranston mm-hmm. is a fantastic actor, um, and they kill him. They yeah. kill him like fifteen minutes in, and you're like, why did they just kill by far the most interesting person yeah. in this movie? And and even still, it was it. They tried to set it up like this origin, where it was like, okay, well, this is how Godzilla gets made, and why, and then this creature that they have that they're keeping in a cage or whatever. It was just sort of like, in Shin Godzilla, the movie opens up with like, hey, we heard there's something coming offshore, and it's coming right now, right? And and you're just like, oh fuck, and there's right. and it's this amazing build up to this creature finally coming onto shore and that's like the whole sequence is that it, I, I'm pretty sure that's maybe there's the boat scene that you were talking about with the shoes yeah yeah but like right away they're already dealing with Godzilla coming on shore yeah if I if my memory is correct which it might not be the the reason they go out and find that boat is because a bunch of shipmen have already been killed by something yeah you know and uh, yeah, it's very engaging and it, it doesn't it doesn't pull any punches, and I think it is technically a longer movie than the 2014 one, but it does not feel like it. It's like two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, it's 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 long, but it doesn't feel long. Yeah. Um, because it's constantly throwing interesting shit at you. Yeah. Um, so the end of the movie uh, <laughs> is very cool in its own way. Do you remember the end of the original? The, I, I looked it up the other day. The end of the 1954 one? Yeah. Oh, definitely. With the... With the Oxygen bomb yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the 1954 one ends pretty. I mean, for a movie of that time, it's pretty violent. Um, the the creator of this this uh, oh, gosh, Terazawa is that his name? Something to that effect. This inventor has come up with a bomb that's more dangerous than a nuclear bomb or a hydrogen bomb. It's it's a bomb that immediately removes all the oxygen from a huge body of water, and uh, it skeleton it skeletonizes um, everything it, it within its grasp immediately, and uh, so he he goes down to plant that bomb to blow up Godzilla who's sleeping at the bottom of the ocean uh, between. Tokyo attacked, and uh, while he's down there, he cuts 
the rope, uh, the hose that is connecting him to the ship that lowered him down um, because he he's afraid that if he survives, he'll be captured by an enemy, read the Americans, and tortured to reveal how to make that bomb again. Mm. So he goes down there and dies with Godzilla when the bomb goes off. But the bomb goes off and Godzilla is dying and he surfaces for a second and he drops back down and then he turns into a, a skeleton himself. And I just remember thinking, my God, this is so dark. Yeah. You know? Well, the way you're describing it makes it sound like this fucking epic. But it's, <laughs> it's really like almost a cartoon. Oh, sure. The way it's presented. Um, honestly, I would have liked to see the version that you were talking about. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> well, that, I was like, man, that sounds fucking awesome. I mean, it's the best they could do in the 50s. Yeah. They, they, they didn't have the technology to make things turn into something else. Yeah. So you, you see Godzilla lying there and then it just like, it just crossfades into it crossfades <laughs> into a skeleton. Yeah. And, and, and then it crossfades into nothing. Um, so it's, it's probably not very impressive looking, but it, like any movie from that long ago, uh, you have to look at it in terms of the ideas more, oh, yeah. more so than the execution. I mean, the, the idea of a dude, creating a weapon to defend themselves and then not want it to get into the wrong hands is such a such a powerful message right um right. you know it, it evokes feelings of like oppenheimer and like those dudes yeah. of being like what the fuck sons of bitches are we making fucking bombs now i am become death yeah destroyer of worlds the it, it's it's powerful so with this godzilla it finally evolves to a point where humans can just not fight it it's godzilla is too strong and he's going to destroy the earth because they realize at some point he's going to be able to duplicate himself uh that's his next evolutionary trick um so they that explicitly stated yeah oh yeah um which leads into the ending with the tail yeah. and such um and they also say he'll be able to develop the power of flight and like how how you know as soon as this thing has wings what's preventing it from going all over the world and mm. crushing everything um so they come to realize the only option that they have is to try to freeze godzilla into a, a stasis where he'll just be like a statue for a period of time and then while he's like that they've bought themselves five years to try to figure out how to destroy him. Mm -hmm. um, and it works. Yeah. Uh, they, they manage to freeze him and, uh, you know, he turns into a solid block of Godzilla ice and man, it's fucking awesome. The, the last shot of the movie in total silence is a, a, a shot, an establishing shot of the frozen Godzilla um, and then it slowly zooms into his tail, uh, and it moves up his tail, and you see on the end of his tail, uh, a bunch of little skeletal Godzilla humanoids also frozen on there, mm -hmm. um, insinuating that his next evolutionary form was going to be to create an army of humanoid Godzillas, because this Godzilla realizes that, hey, 
now the only upper hand that these humans have on me is that I am one and they are many. Mm-hmm. So Godzilla is, when, he's, when he becomes frozen, he is in the process of becoming many. And uh, it's super freaky. <laughs> it's, it's a really fucking awesome way to end the movie. Yeah. And plus there's just like gross imagery. And I think that was all practical, that tale. Yeah, it looked like it. Um, which made it look especially creepy. Looked very H.R. Giger. Yeah. Um, and that and that scene in general too. I I remember, I remember having like a pretty strong response to um, as silly as it was, like crashing the trains into it, and then they sort of like spiral up him. Yeah. Um, I, I remember having a, a a strong response to that because trains are so important to Japanese culture, sp- particularly Tokyo if not the all of Japan um that like to to use a bunch of different train lines as a defense mechanism against Godzilla was just it was just very interesting to me shows you how desperate they were yeah exactly cuz i i these trains to get everywhere and like that that totally kind of like ruins their infrastructure for a while to to use their trains um but you know, they had to do what they had to do. Yeah, there was about to be no infrastructure. Yeah. Or, or no city to have an infra- infrastructure for. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so yeah. I felt like that was pretty powerful to do that. Because um, I, I do I do remember having also that, like, that sense of, like, that looks kind of silly. <laughs> but also kind of striking at the same time. I mean, there are moments where Godzilla does look silly, you know? Yeah. It, oh, it, the, the first... Epi- that the first appearance of Godzilla when you see like the little baby Godzilla mm-hmm. was I I like my heart skipped a beat because it was just so he he did look silly but it was creepy because of it yeah it's jarring like he just looked he looked almost like happy and and like a little bit scared and he was just this creature running through the streets just like decimating cars and stuff he's very wiggly yeah yeah and and I that that was the first part I rewound the film on because I wanted to see it again because it was so striking Um, because it just it cuts from like people talking in a boardroom to that and that's the first image you get of Godzilla is just his doofy face with his bulging eyes yeah his big eyes for sure it it, it's kind of that sensation you get when a kid in a movie is evil Mm. or a puppy tears someone's throat out you know It, it, it it's very it's very shocking to see something cute doing not cute things. Yeah. And it was very effective. And also it it's scary too to see like creatures scared because when creatures are scared they'll do anything, you know. Yeah, I remember reading about uh the Cloverfield monster. Does it have a name? I think it's just called Clover. I can't uh, remember. But but the 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 monster. Yeah. It's supposed to be a baby. Um, oh. I remember J.J. Abrams saying that explicitly. It's supposed to be a baby that's terrified um, running around in the city, and that's what makes it so dangerous. Yeah. And why it's constantly screaming and looking around and freaking out and running. And, and I think they... I wonder if the makers of Shin Godzilla saw Cloverfield or took any lessons from it. Um I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. But there are things in common, and that was the main one that I noticed, where 
the monster is not a monster in its traditional sense. It's a frightened animal. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much uh, until the last form of Godzilla, where it does look just evil, and it has a f- a face. Oh yeah, what kind- face? Yeah, kind of like I've got this. You can't fucking yeah. touch me. Plus the everything about every form of Godzilla is brilliant, and the last form I think is super striking because it's he he looks like a creature that's just in pain. Like, yeah. Oh, like yeah. Constantly, like he's like glowing from the inside, and he's he's all sinewy and burnt, and yeah, his his skin's all fucked up from the radiation. Yeah, yeah. It's it. Nobody's having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. He does. His skin doesn't have that quality in the first couple of forms. Yeah, it's very like new and like nubile and stretchy. Yeah, I mean, who who knows? There's a lot of questions that the movie leaves unanswered on purpose and it makes it a stronger film because of it. Who knows? I know they want to make a second one. Uh, I mean, God, I, they fucking set it up for sure. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think Anno is involved, unfortunately. Oh, bummer. Yeah. I, I was bummed out about that too. Um, so who knows if it'll be good. I'd rather just think of this as a, a standalone thing. Um, but there's that idea that oh this was one thing i wanted to say from earlier i don't know if you can clearly see it in the movie but on some of the toys it's clear that the tip of the tail has a face like a deformed like half formed face like you can see teeth and like an eyeball and stuff and the the tail does kind of have a mind of its own it shoots a a beam much like Godzilla does with his breath. In this one, Godzilla doesn't just shoot fire breath. He shoots fire breath and that then becomes concentrated into sort of a laser beam. Uh, and it has an arc. And as the laser beam tails off, it becomes fire again and then yeah. runs out. So the, the the tail has its own laser. Yeah. Well, plus the tail is taller than he is. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of has a mind of its own. So that makes me think perhaps the tail the tail really was the first iteration that that comes out of the ocean. There's no, there's nothing attached to it. Uh, and then Godzilla sort of grows off of it. Mm. I mean, either way, it's so different and so weird and so cool, you know? It, it was ballsy of them to, to take that many liberties mm. with Godzilla. Even just mm. watching the, his lower jaw open up and separate the way it does when he blows fire. Yeah. That that's a shocking thing to see because you know the one the one constant about Godzilla is the general rules to how he looks and what his fire breath is and how and how that moves and all that. Yeah. Um but they just fucked with a lot of it and it and in, in my estimation it all worked. Yeah. I I agree. I, I think it speaks a lot to the quality of basing something off of an idea, off of a concept. Um, because, yeah, they took a lot of liberties with Godzilla, but at the same time, it's almost like the most traditional Godzilla film. Because as it started, it was this film about something. And all Godzilla films after that, including the 2014 one, were just like, because Godzilla's cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and then this was the first film in a long time where Godzilla had a purpose and he had a, he had a, he represented something 
Um, He's not fighting another monster. Yeah. Uh, that I think is important in all media uh, when coming up with a concept for something, whether it be a game or a book, story, movie, whatever, that the 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 concept is king, right? Like you start with something small and you work outward around that central idea. Um, and I think this movie really shined as a result of that because everything, everything sort of pointed back to one thing. Like this is, this is a terrible thing and people are dealing with it in different ways. And most of how they're dealing with it sort of sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is not an easy movie to make. Yeah. You know, I'm watching the mystery science theater 3000, the new season. Mm -hmm. And one of the movies they make fun of is this movie called Yongari. And, uh, I you were going to say Gamera. They it, like, loved Gamera films. N- no, I, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I believe Yongari is a South Korean movie, and there's another one, Reptilicus, which is, I think, maybe Denmark or something like that. But it's all these big monster movies. And, I mean, granted, they're they're ancient, and they're super shitty, and they don't have technology, but they're so bad, and they really make you realize how hard it is to make a movie like this interesting and fresh and different. Mm-hmm. And Shin Godzilla makes it look easy, even though it's really fucking not. Yeah, um, surely. Especially taking a, a beloved character and franchise and rebooting it for the country that it came from and looks to that as a symbol of civic pride. Yeah. it It's a, it's a tightrope walk, and I think they did it beautifully. I agree. If if I if I had to give this movie a score, it would be too enthusiastic. Thumbs up. Yeah, same, same. I like I it's somewhere between a nine or a nine point five out of ten for me. It's it's very very rare. And uh hopefully you've seen it and you agree and you didn't just listen to this podcast and now we've talked it up way too much and given away yeah. way too much and you'll watch and you'll be like, that wasn't that great. <laughs> 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 but uh in any case this concludes my first G Club appearance. Yeah, that was fun. Good. Yeah, yeah. I hope you come back for more. I would love to. Purely, purely a, a matter of timing and whether I have actually seen the shit that you guys talk about. Right. Because Mo- most of them I haven't. Oh yeah. Well, I, I I don't I usually I think this is my first one I did on a movie because I don't really know I don't know like movie vernacular and shit so I don't know Same. how to talk about movies. Um, but this one is sort of special because I like it so much. Um, like I'll talk about Speed Racer or something. Yeah. But most of the ones I'm on are about games. Cool. Just because I know games. You you do know games, sir. You and you're good at them. Yeah, sure. Aaron's good at video games. Oh wow. <laughs> that, yeah, it's the total. That's, that's my know. tagline. It's gonna catch on. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think it's already caught on. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, Join us next week for another G Club. Um, Have a good day and eat a lot of spaghetti. Yeah, do that. Tell your mom you love her.